0: RBL stands for Read It, Believe It, Live It, and our mission is to equip and inspire women to read the Bible, believe the Bible, and then go out and actually live the Bible. This is the RBL Podcast by RBL Ministries. Welcome back to the RBL Podcast. Today's episode is The last episode in our little series that we've been doing on dating, engagement, and then today's episode is on marriage. I'm very excited for the marriage episode. Mac and I just got married. We've been married for a little over five months, going on six months now, which is crazy. I can't believe that. it's
1: gone by fast.
0: Yeah, um, but we are not coming at this episode from the perspective of, like, professionals in marriage. (laughs) Like, we are very new to marriage, and so it's very fresh for us and we're still learning a lot of things and so this episode is going to be more of like an expectation versus reality Um, things that we expected in marriage um, versus the reality of what it's actually been like for our first six months being married and this is going to come from kind of a Christian and biblical perspective on marriage Um, and we're just going to talk about things that we've learned things that we prepared for or didn't prepare for Um, and just kind of how marriage is going. Um, First off, marriage is so great. Like marriage is 10 times better than engagement. And I absolutely love marriage. Um, But I wanna share with you what the Bible says about marriage. Uh, briefly we've talked about this in our dating episode we also talked about this in our engagement episode but I want to talk about it again here because I think it's so important so Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 through 25 it says wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body therefore just as the church is subject to Christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it Uh, That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And that was actually through verse 28. Um, And I wanted to share this. I talked about this in our dating episode, kind of the purpose of marriage, because that dictates the way that we date. Um, but the purpose of marriage, once again, is to be a picture of Christ and his church. Uh, that is the ultimate goal of marriage is that it is this larger picture, if you will, of the relationship between Christ and the church, the love between Christ and the church, the sacrifice seen between Christ and the church, the commitment and the dedication between Christ and the church, the redemption between Christ and the church. Like marriage is just supposed to be a display of of all of those things. And when you go into marriage with that mindset, it changes everything. Uh, It dictates the way that you live your life and it dictates the way that you act in marriage. And so I want to encourage you just to continue to study out that greater and larger purpose of marriage, especially if you're engaged. Um, Do a deep dive on that because it completely changes everything when your marriage has this larger mission of the gospel. So to start this episode, uh, we're kind of going to talk about some of the best advice that we got while we were dating or just in our first few months of marriage about marriage. We're going to share that with you. And then we're going to talk about, again, expectation versus reality. And we're just going to go over some of the practicals like expectation versus reality of living together, of chores. And we're going to go through several of those different, different things. And then we'll talk about some ways that you can practically prepare for marriage. Um, we talked about this some in our engagement episode, but these are just things that I didn't really realize in engagement, but now that I am married, I'm like, Hey, these things helped me and actually prepared me for marriage, or I wish I had done this to prepare me for marriage. So I'll talk about some of those with you. So first let's talk about the best advice that we received about marriage. Mac, what would you say is the best advice that you got about marriage? I
1: would say the best advice. I don't know. I don't know if it was from my dad or somebody else, but it was, uh, it was to be always be the first one to initiate reconciliation, whether you're in the wrong or you're in the right. Uh, because so often people, especially if you, know, if I'm right, it's like, you know, and we get argument, arguments, like, I don't want to apologize. I am right. Like she needs to come to me, but, uh, I'm, Hey, it's <laughs> are you always uh, right? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> okay. But reconciliation, whether I'm wrong or right, it's something that, uh, I was that piece of advice, and it's something that I try to do whenever, you know, because you will have arguments and fights as a married couple, uh, not like screaming matches, that's not healthy, but you will have disagreements, and you will have arguments, and so just always be the one to initiate reconciliation.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I, we didn't talk about these before, we didn't talk about what we were going to say to answer this question before we did the podcast, so I really like that you said that, because I think you really lived that out. Um I am stubborn, and <laughs> yes. don't laugh at that. <laughs> I'm stubborn, and I would be the last person to initiate reconciliation, as Mac, as Mac said we should do. But he is so gracious, and he always, always, um, whether, like you said, whether he's right or not, he always is the one to come to me and, and try to work through that. Um, and we talked about this a little bit. Uh, While we were in premarital counseling, I think we were actually on the way to a premarital counseling appointment, and we were talking about confrontation in a relationship, and we were talking about how sometimes, even if what you did wasn't wrong or you aren't in the wrong, sometimes just the way that you say something or the way that your actions are towards that other person are going to be offensive or it's going to make them feel bad. And so sometimes the apology and the conversation and reconciliation needs to begin with, hey, I'm sorry for the way that made you feel. Like maybe you say something and what you said was right, but you said it in a way that made them feel um, like you didn't respect them. And so maybe that conversation starts with, I'm sorry that what I said made you feel like I didn't respect you or it made you feel like less of a person. That's not how I intended to come across. And then you try to re-explain maybe Um, why you said what you said, and just, you know, how sometimes you can apologize, not necessarily for what happened, but for the way it made that person feel, and that's something we do in our marriage a lot, um, and Mac does a lot, that I think really helps us work through, really helps us work through uh, these situations, so that's really good. Um, The best piece of advice that I think I have ever received about marriage would be, uh, I think it was actually the leader of our BCM, um, the leader of my college ministry when I was getting my associate's degree, he, he told me when I was engaged, he said, marriage is not, it's more for your holiness than it is for your happiness. And I really, that stuck with me because when you look at the purpose of marriage, it is about holiness. It's about being a picture of Christ in his church and what, what higher calling, like it's about being this picture of, of the way that Christ loves and the way that the church respects and honors. And that is sanctification. That is holiness. And so for Mac and I, you know, there is so much happiness that comes with marriage. And I absolutely love marriage. And I absolutely love just the joy of marriage. But there are also days where it refunds me more into the image of Christ. And it makes me holier as a person and I'm not saying that you have to be married to be holy that's not what I'm getting at whatsoever but I do believe marriage is a tool that the Lord uses to produce holiness in his people and I have seen that drastically and it kind of reshapes your perspective of marriage from that of a selfish perspective like this is about me and my happiness and my desires and what I want in life to that of a biblical perspective this is about glorifying Christ this is about holiness this is about being more like Christ and showing Christ to the world and so that really changed the way that kind of I went into marriage. Um, also, another piece of advice that we got, I could talk about advice all night long, but I'll, this would be the last one I get. Another piece of advice we got from our marriage counselors is that the opposite of love is not hate, it's selfishness. And sometimes you will just want to be selfish towards another person. Instead of, it's not that you hate them, it's not that you're going to be like, man, I absolutely hate you and I can't stand you. It's just that you're going to choose yourself above them. And that very quickly will wear and tear on your marriage and will take the spark out of your marriage if you do that. And, um, so I think just remembering like every single day to try to be selfless and, and there has to be so much grace, grace in that because we're human, but to go into marriage with this selflessness and trying to be like Christ and trying to love like Christ and remembering that the opposite of love in marriage is not going to be hate. It's going to be selfishness and that can be what tears it apart. So Okay, expectation versus reality. So we're just going to answer kind of what we expected before marriage. And maybe if you're engaged or you're dating, you can have some of the same expectations we did. So we're going to talk about what we expect before marriage and then the reality of what it's actually been like. And we have a list of things that we're going to talk about that with. So uh, expectation versus reality of living together. Uh, Mac, what has been, what was your expectation before we got married? And then now that we're married, what is kind of the reality of it for you, of us living together? because we didn't obviously we didn't live together before we got
1: honestly i didn't have like i i kind of knew what it would be like living together cuz i knew we'd both be in school working uh, but just not realizing how much time we'd actually spend working on school and other things so i guess my expectation would be we would just spend more time together
0: yeah that's about that's what i was about to talk about too so for me I, like he said, I kind of knew what it would be like living together. And people always tell you, like, you're going to find, like, these little quirks that they have or, like, things they do that you're like, oh, wow, like, you do that. Like, they are going to, like, I don't know, do the dishes a certain way, and you're going to be like, hmm, interesting. Or, like, you're just going to find little things. And you do find those things. But there was nothing, like, drastic like that. And honestly, I kind of expected, like, I knew we'd be busy. I, I, I'm self-employed, and he works, and we're both in college, and I knew it would be like that. But I think the biggest thing that took me by surprise that I realized, and I'm glad I realized it when I did like early on so that we can be intentional about it. Um, it's that when you're engaged and when you're dating, you consider marriage and you're like, and we were in a long distance engagement. And so this was like very much so for me, you think about it and you're like, wow, we're going to be together like all the time or at the end of every single day. Like think of how much time we're going to actually have together. And it's easy to think like, Oh, we're dating now. We only see each other when we're, you know, intentionally hanging out with each other. But when we're married, we'll be together all the time. And there is a big thing that kind of hits you that you don't realize. And it's that when you're dating or you're engaged, the time that you spend with each other is intentional time that you all are together. Like you're out on a date, you're watching, you know, a movie, you're eating out together, you're doing these things and you're intentionally devoting that time. You've scheduled that time. You've set aside that time to spend with that person. And it's like when you're together, that's what you're doing. You're spending time with them. But when you get married, you live with that person. So you're with them all the time. And your life joins with them. Your schedule joins with them. You're coming and you're going. and You're doing all these things with them. And it's so incredibly easy without you even realizing it for you to no longer actually spend time with them because you're, you're just together all the time. So there's never that devoted time to set aside to just spend and be with them. And we that's not come up in our relationship. We've been really good about spending time together. But I did realize that early on, and I'm glad I did because I think that that can help us be more intentional about like saying, hey, right now, no work, no school, nothing but just time with each other because if you don't actually be intentional to do that, it will turn into a transactional relationship where you're just roommates, you pass each other as you're coming and you're going, and you never actually spend set aside time with them. It's very easy when you're dating to actually spend more time with them, individual intentional time with them than it is when you're when you're married. and I didn't actually realize that until we got married. so you have to be super intentional. Um, that you are setting aside the time for dates and you are setting aside the time to just talk and just to be with each other because it's very easy to, uh, lose that when you get married because you're just together all the time. So that was kind of a expectation versus reality of that one. Okay. Expectation versus reality of chores slash like roles in marriage. What were, what were yours, Mac?
1: I hate to say I like, I didn't have any crazy expectations, but I really didn't, uh, cause I've never been one of these people, um, Obviously, there are roles that a husband and wife have. Like, the husband is the head of the home. Uh, the wife is to submit to him. The husband is to love like Christ, loves his church. Uh, but when it comes to like chores, like, I've never looked at like dishes and laundry and housekeeping per se as a woman's chore. Like, I, I didn't expect when we got married for you to just show up and start doing all that for me. Like, I knew it would be something we took turns with, which we do right now. Uh, And so, yeah, that was my expectation, really, and that's kind of how it's been. And there's been seasons, like, uh, you know, I've just transitioned jobs. The job I'm at now is more stable, so uh, I'm not able to – I work during the day, so at night it's kind of hard to do some of that stuff. But whereas my job before, I worked night, so I was here all morning, and I was able to do stuff like dishes and laundry. But uh, it's just a seasonal thing. Uh, Whenever – I can, I'll do them, and if I can't and Abby can get them, she'll get them.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how it's been for us. So I think, again, before we got married, we, we had counseling that kind of told us that. Like it's very much so depends on the seasons of life. There's going to be times where one person may be pulling more weight in that area than the other. And given the circumstances, and that's okay. It's it's You have to go into chores and roles from a servant's heart. And if you don't, that's where you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to be like, well, this is his job. Well, this is her job. Like, why should I be doing this? I can't believe I'm having to do this. This is his job. But if you go into it with this servant heart of like, how can I serve him? How can I make his life easier? How can I serve her? How can I make her life easier? It changes everything. And I have to remind myself consistently to go into those things with that servant heart and look like consider day by day consider his schedule consider what he's doing consider my schedule and what I'm doing and put him above myself and say hey you know I have extra time here I could do this for him or and he does the same for me he'll know that I've had a long day or that I have a busy day or that I'm not feeling good and he'll pick up on some of the chores uh, just because he sees that and that's a way that he can serve me. And so that's kind of how it's been for us. However, there are some things that we consistently, and we didn't plan this. It wasn't like we sat down before we married and we were like, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Because we did kind of just want to go into it with that servant's heart of like, given the season and the circumstances, we'll pick up the slack wherever it needs to be picked up. Uh, but there, as we've gotten married, there are like things that have just kind of fallen into place that work out for us. So I'm an accounting major in college and I absolutely love like finances and budget and all the things and so Mac still very much so has a part of our budget and our finances but I I, uh, mostly do those things and just like do our budget and make sure that money is doing what it needs to be doing for our household because that's my area of expertise and something the Lord's gifted me in. also love to cook like I really enjoy cooking so I do most of the cooking however Mac will do it if I'm not feeling good or something he he can cook and he'll do it and then Mac actually does most of the laundry, which is kind of crazy because normally you hear that the, the woman does the laundry. But he's good at laundry, and our laundry machine scares me.
1: It's pretty sketchy. <laughs>
0: it's so sketchy. And um, so he honestly does most of the laundry. I, again, I'll do it if there's a time where I need to, but uh, he he has kind of picked up that. And of course, uh, he like takes out the garbage, like he does kind of those things. So there's definitely areas. He does the dishes a lot, honestly, because I cook a lot and he does the dishes a lot. But there's areas where, you know, I've kind of picked up one thing, he's picked up one thing, but it can definitely change given the different circumstances and different seasons. So I would say to go into that with a heart of of how can I serve the other person. Okay, expectation versus reality of finances. We kind of talked about this. I I manage our finances Uh, currently, and Mac is very much a part of the conversation and knows what's going on. Um, But I'm kind of there in the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, But expectations versus reality for finances, Mac, what what was that for you?
1: Well, I really, I knew just with how you run your businesses, your major, like I knew you'd be the one over finances. Um, But really, I I expected us to be a lot more broke (laughs) Uh, (laughs) as a young married couple in college. But uh, it just goes to show like, if you're wise with your money, uh, and you're just you shop smart and you have a budget, uh, it, life is very doable. Getting married young.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I before we got married, I knew we were getting married very, very young, um, like really young. We got engaged when I was eighteen, and I was twenty when we got married. And we're both we were we are both still in college, college students. And so I very much so was like, we are going to be so broke. And I started saving, and it's actually funny because I knew I wanted to marry Mac when I was, like, 15 years old. And I worked a part-time job at 15, and I started saving my money at 15 so that we could get married young. And so I actually had built up a savings account um, for that purpose. And then, again, just from, like, school and business experience, um, I knew how to budget. And I figured out how to grocery shop on a budget, which is a skill that – Has it been extremely handy to learn? So I'd definitely recommend if you're not married, learn how to grocery shop on a budget. (laughs) Uh, Learn how to budget. That's a really big one. Um, But when you do those things, it's really not as bad as it seems. And the Lord 100% has provided. Like that is all the Lord's hand. It's nothing that we can say for ourselves. He's given us the wisdom and the ability to budget well. And he has completely provided for us and he has been so faithful. And there have been times where His faithfulness has just been so incredibly evident through his provision. And so I would say you need to be able to steward your finances well when you get married. Um, You need to have a budget, have a plan, stick to it. It's not going to be easy. You may have to give up on some of the luxuries, especially if you get married young. Um, But if you do those things and you steward your finances well, the Lord provides for his people. Like he provides for his people. And I have seen that so faithfully. Okay, expectation versus reality for our schedules being combined, like having to bring in Mm -hmm. my schedule and your schedule and combining them into one life.
1: Well, I feel like before we got married, like, we had this dream, like, oh, we're going to have, like, I'll work in the day, Um, you know, come home at night. Uh, This is why I was working a part-time job. So uh, it really didn't work out. So our day would typically look like, Abby going to class in the morning, and me, I only don't have any in-person classes this semester, and so I would just basically get up, do homework, do my devotion, uh, kind of whatever I needed, chores, like we were talking about earlier, and then she'd get home, start working on homework, and then we, before you know it, we'd eat dinner, then I'd have to go to work. And so we really didn't get to spend much intentional time together. Uh, that's changed now, I've changed jobs, I'm more consistent, but uh, it's as you don't realize how much stuff you have to do between homework and work and uh, all that.
0: Yeah. And I definitely, this was a big one for me. So I had this expectation. I don't know why, but like he was working a a part-time night job and I don't know why in my head before we got married, I was like, Oh yeah, that'll change. Like we'll get married and that'll change. (laughs) But it did not. When we got married, it actually just now recently changed. But when we first got married, he was still working a night job and Uh, sometimes that's the reality I know a lot a lot of people that when they first got married that was the reality they were stepping into just because that's how circumstances work out especially when you're young sometimes that's what you have to do being in college and things And that was very hard. I would say that's been one of the hardest things of marriage just because I was not used to that type of schedule and I had this expectation in my head that it was going to be like, oh, we, you know, we do our things during the day, school and work, and then we'll be back together in the evenings and we'll get to settle down together and eat dinner and do those things. But the reality of it was our schedules were completely different and it was a lot of just like having to figure it out day by day and week by week and having to make time for each other when there was time sometimes it was you know randomly at like two o'clock in the afternoon we'd have to make time for each other and then you know eating dinner at like 3 30 was a normal for us and then he would be at work and I would pick up work again like late in the evenings just because I had spent time with him at like two o'clock so now I gotta work at like you know nine o'clock at night and it was crazy and it was exhausting but I think that the Lord took me through that to teach me a lot and I think I grew as a person through that season of um, of just kind of that expectation being completely broken by the reality of it. And the Lord used that to teach me and help me with just some anxiety that I had, just some uh, areas that I truly believe the Lord was like, hey, I'm going to use this season to grow you and work on you. And so I'm, I'm glad that he, even though it was so hard at times, I'm glad that he brought me through that and uh, he taught me things through that. And so what you step into in marriage may not be exactly what you expect and that's okay the lord is gracious and he can use uh, trials and seasons like that to grow us as a person and to teach us and to produce perseverance in us and so that's definitely the story for that that one okay this is our last one and we're going to be very uh PG, if you will, on this one, but expectation versus reality of intimacy. So, as you all know, if you've listened to our past podcast on dating and engagement, we both waited until marriage uh, to have sex. We were both virgins. <clears throat> Excuse me, we were both virgins on our wedding night, and so the expectation versus reality of that. I'll go first on this one. Um, I think your expectation there's a like there's a lot there because. It's like, for me, I thought that I would never, there would never be a time ever where I would just be like tired. And there, it's not that there's ever really been a time that I've not wanted to do that, but it's more of just like life is very busy and you have to be very intentional. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say is I didn't realize how much intentionality you have to make for intimacy. Like you have to make margin for intimacy you have to create spaces in your schedule and in your life for that to happen and if you don't then you will be surprised how quickly it doesn't happen if you're not intentional for it and I guess I didn't expect that before we got married I thought that like you know it would be very just like whenever we wanted and how you know like all of these things it wouldn't have to be something that we planned or we scheduled or we were super intentional about like I just thought it would be so easy and I've heard it said before that Satan will do anything he can to get you in the bed before you're married and to keep you out of it when you are married and that's very true if you're not intentional in your marriage to make margin for intimacy and to make space for each other it's crazy how quickly that can that can go away. And, uh, so that was kind of my expectation is like, I never realized how intentional we would have to be about it. And, uh, then when we get married, we have to be very intentional about it. But other than that, like the expectation of like, you always hear people saying sex is like this huge, amazing, great thing. And that's 100% true. (laughs) Like it is, it is amazing. It is so intimate. It is so great. And it does make you feel so close to another person. And, um, it is such such a gift, truly, in marriage to bring you closer to another person and to allow you to experience that intimacy. And so I would definitely say the expectations from that perspective uh, held up and were very true. Um, but you just have to be intentional to slow down and make margin for it so that you have that time with each other. So what about you, Matt?
1: I think you hit the head on the nail, like, uh, you know, especially we're in our 20s, you know.
0: The nail on the head. The nail on the head. Wait, you said head on the neck. No, same thing. Okay.
1: Uh, You (laughs) made a great point. Um, When you're not married, when you're dating and engaged, it seems like uh, whenever you're with the other person, like you're like, you know, if we were married, like we could have sex whenever we want. Like we want to have it, you know, whenever. But it is something that you don't like. You know, there's days you're tired. There's days like life's just busy, and you know you don't have time for it. And that you do have to be intentional about it, and that's just something you don't expect, especially coming into marriage as or into intimacy as virgins, because uh, you know you just don't expect it. And so, you know, it's basically what you said, but recap really
0: small. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something you have to be intentional with for sure. Um, from both both the guy and the girl, need to be intentional intentional in that. Okay, so to end out this episode, I just want to talk about a few practical things that you can do that I have learned in marriage that either they're kind of unrelated, like you wouldn't think about these things as preparing you for marriage, and really these are just things that help you steward your life well as an adult. But especially in marriage, they can really help you. And I didn't realize that until I was married and I'm using these skills on a daily basis. And I'm like, wow, this this really prepared me for that. So these are just some things that aren't necessarily on like the relational end, but they're more of just like skills that you should learn that are going to probably be used on a daily basis when you get married. Um, So whether you're newly married, you're engaged, or you're dating, these are some things that you can kind of put into practice. Number one would be to learn how to cook as best you can. One of you all, whether it's the guy or the girl, somebody's going to have to cook at some point. So figure out a few recipes, figure out how to do it. I have learned how to cook. I knew how to cook, but I've learned how to cook a lot better since we got married. I absolutely love cooking. I didn't realize how much I would like it. Uh, but I've learned recipes and what goes with what and seasonings to use and all these things and um, it's just been it's been kind of a space for me to relax because I enjoy it. So when it's time for dinner, I love to go to the kitchen and start prepping because I really enjoy that. Um, but it's also been a way that I can serve serve my family well through good food and especially when you're on a budget you may not get to eat out near as much um, as if you weren't on such a tight budget and so learning how to budget really well and grocery shop really well and uh, finding the deals and finding you know what stores have the best prices on what and if you can get something in bulk for cheaper and like looking at all of these things and then figuring out how you can make a good meal plan out of what you're buying at the grocery store and how you can cook and serve your family well through that and how you can cook some really good food that's even better than what you would get at a restaurant like that is such a gift because because then it's like okay well you know we don't get to eat out because we may be on a tighter budget but instead we get to eat this really bomb food so
1: would you say it's bomb food it is very bomb food. okay
0: good good answer (laughs) i'm still learning so it might not all be bomb food but some of it is
1: one thing i would throw in there too uh both for both the guy and the girl Learn how to do household chores. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I didn't know that there were... Until I got to college, I didn't know that people, some people didn't know how to do household chores because I just grew up... You know, my parents made me do it. Um, but learn how to do laundry. Learn how to do dishes, uh, both with a dishwasher and by hand. Uh, learn how to make your bed, like... That's something I've learned recently. You don't just throw, <laughs> you don't just throw the comforter over. Apparently, there's like you have to put a second sheet for some reason. <laughs> a
0: top sheet.
1: Yeah, apparently like, you do. Apparently did
0: Okay, that's one of those little quirks. When we got married, literally our honeymoon night, he was like taking the top sheet off the bed. I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "We don't need this. It's just extra fabric." I was like, "No, that is there for a purpose." Anyway. I've come
1: to really like it. It's very comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, just household things. Uh, like, you know, like I said, laundry dishes uh, and even little things you wouldn't think of. Like, you know, it's not hard to figure out, but like clean, learn how to clean a toilet, <laughs> learn how to scrub a bathtub because they get dirty. I hate to tell you, uh, that's where, that's where all the dirty stuff happens. Is that, You know, if this it is, is so
0: funny to me. This is like is, a heartfelt conversation it is. to it's the like guys. You have to
1: learn. Like some, some one of you two is going to have to clean it because newsflash, if you don't, it gets messy like it does so this even is it, coming from the heart it is have you ever seen a toilet that I has have, never been yeah. clean yes yeah, it, it gets like the yellow okay ring we it. don't have to have that yeah okay yeah so learn how to do household chores yes there that go. is
0: good advice um thank you <laughs> i don't welcome. feel like i need to express that anymore because you did a very good job at that thank came you. straight from the heart
1: you guys are welcome <laughs>
0: Okay, so I would add to learn budget basics. So learn, like I said, how to grocery shop. I so I meal prep. Well, I don't. I don't meal prep. Sorry, you just laughed at that because you were like, "What? No, you it's don't. Like you meal know prep. I don't meal prep. I meal plan. I'm sorry, I said that wrong." So I go in, we grocery shop every Sunday. So I go in on Saturday, I look at what we've got, I figure out what meals I want to cook that week, I make my list based on what I'm going to be cooking that week so I don't get more than I need that'll just be wasted. And then I find, like, the cheapest deals. Honestly, Walmart Walmart brand stuff is is really good and cheap. It is the cheap. <laughs> yeah, it normally is the cheapest, like, the greater value brand. And there is no shame in buying that stuff. Don't think that there is. Like, that is one of those things, like, if you're going to get married young uh, or if you're going to get married... Uh, on a budget that just may be a sacrifice you have to make is you give up the luxury for the walmart brand (laughs) so we buy a lot of walmart brand stuff i buy chicken in bulk uh, from a local store that sells it in bulk here because it's cheaper that way and then i freeze it Um, these are just like little things that help with our budget that i'm able to do figure out how to do a household budget figure out your bills when they need to be paid how you're going to pay those uh how you're going to delegate your money um how you're going to do these things that's really going to help you going into marriage and being able to save and not accumulate a ton of debt um the bible talks about debt and how the servant or the uh what's that lender
1: verse? is uh slave to the art the basically the borrower is slave yeah borrower to the
0: yeah borrower is slave to the lender see if you can look that up on your phone while i'm talking see if you can find that one Uh, I'll actually read it to you, but it's kind of this idea of like, and I know that there's some debt that we can't avoid in our culture. Student loans are sometimes one of them. Um, Sometimes like a mortgage and car payments and things of that nature. Um, But I would say just like random credit card debt and just like things that are not a necessity in your life. You need to be really careful with that. Very careful because you can get, get yourself in a hole very quickly if you just, uh, are like, oh, I'll just swipe it on the credit card and then that builds interest and then you lose your credit and then you can't buy a house and it just trickles. It's a snowball effect. So if you're able to, don't even get yourself started on that route. Um, And if you are started on that route, start a payment plan and start paying it off as quickly as you can because that's not a good place to be and money is one of the number one causes for divorce. And so go into marriage knowing that and having a grasp on that and knowing how you're going to manage your finances and what you need to be doing to be a good steward of your finances. And that's a whole other podcast on finances that we will probably do. Because like I said, I'm very passionate about finances. Um, so I will have a podcast on that soon. But you definitely want to be be a good steward of your money. That verse is Proverbs 22 verse 7. It says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. So thank you for pulling that up, Mac. Okay, another thing I would say is to practice serving. Um, no matter where you're at or what season of life you're in. You can practice serving the people around you because marriage is about serving each other. Like I said, in chores, it's how can I serve this person? The opposite of love isn't isn't hate, it's selfishness. And so therefore selflessness is how we should go into marriage. Um, if marriage is a picture of Christ and his church, that should be a picture of selflessness. And that, I would say, should be the key word that underlines your marriage, is just selflessness. Um, and so practice serving other people. Uh, practice doing things just out of the kindness of your heart to serve other people, to lay down your own self, your own pride, and to say, hey, how can I serve you? And it may be small acts of kindness. Maybe it's doing the dishes. If you live with your parents without being asked to serve your mom or your dad, whoever, you know, normally does them better. Maybe it's getting a cup of coffee for your sibling when they're sitting in the living room watching TV and bringing it to him. Like just random acts of kindness and service that are going to help you establish kind of these routines and this attitude of how can I serve other people is going to really help you in marriage. Um, And then the last thing I would say that we've talked about in every episode, as we close out this series is just to spend time with the Lord. As you seek Christ, his character is produced in you and that is the ultimate emblem of selflessness and of love, and of grace, and of truth. And if we can have those characteristics in our lives, that is going to be what makes our marriage last and makes our marriage hold up to the trials that it will face, because it will face trials, and it will not always be easy. And if you have the character of Christ in you and the strength of God in you through spending time with Him and through growing in relationship with Him, that is what's going to cause you to stand in those hard trials and in those hard seasons. And so seek the Lord consistently. That's why RBL Ministries is so passionate about reading the Bible, because that is where it all begins, in the Word of God. Establish a consistent routine of Bible study. Get into the Word of God. Get into prayer. Get into worship. Get into community. Those things are what is going to be uh, the foundation on which your marriage stands. And you need to take that seriously. And so I I would definitely say spend time with the Lord diligently seeking Him. And that is going to make all the difference in your marriage, and it has for us. So is there anything that you would like to add, Mac?
1: No. I think we've talked about everything, at least that I I can think of. (laughs)
0: Yes. So I'm so excited that that we were able to do this podcast series. I hope that it helped answer questions and just kind of come alongside you in your seasons of dating, engagement and marriage and hear from a biblical perspective on some of those things and our experience with some of those things. Um, It's not always easy. Relationships are not always easy, but with the Lord as the foundation of them, they're such a gift and such a blessing. And so thank you so much for listening to this episode. Next week, we will have a podcast episode all on biblical purity. So be sure to tune into that. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the RBL Ministries podcast. If you would like to connect with us more, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest at RBL Ministries. You can also find more resources like Bible studies, Bible study notepads, conversation starters, blog posts, and community at rblministries.com. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and we're so excited to have you in the RBL community.